Welcome to another episode of the NRL Supercoach All-Stars Podcast. This is Barnsley here, ahead of round six. And we've got Billy back again for this week. Mate, Eels didn't quite win on the weekend. Hopefully your team went a little bit better. <laughs> uh, mate, they're uh, April premiers at the moment, but uh, we'll bounce back maybe. Um, as for the SD team, uh, just plateauing around that 20k mark, mate. I uh, need a pod to do something. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not going to flash either. I've been um, copying a lot of injuries the last few weeks and um, just guys dropping like flies, but we'll we'll get to that in some of our team talk. So first segment of the round is going to be the mailbag. Got a lot of really good questions in. Um, I'll just say for everyone, uh, thanks for sending in all the questions and stuff. It's really good. There's some really great ones to talk about, which we'll nut out tonight. There's a few really meaty ones there around the buy rounds. We chatted about the buy rounds a few weeks ago. And we've got a big buy round segment that's going to come up in a couple of weeks. So it's not that they're not good questions or we're going to ignore them or anything. Uh, we're going to get to the buy round stuff in their own segment in about a week or two, um, probably two weeks' time though. So we'll talk about all those buy round questions then. Uh, but other than that, quite a few trading questions this week, Billy. And the very first one is a bit of a controversial one. Uh, it is, do you have to go the double cheap, cheapy this week? with CHT and Zeri. And the next part of that question is, how do you trade those that you need versus making money? So that's the old, you know, points with the guns that you can get versus the money with the cows that you can get argument and how you balance that out. Uh, I think a lot of people are probably faced with playing um, a week 17 this week if they don't get the gun. But if they do get the gun, they're going to miss out on one of those cheapies. So how do you see the double cheapie week playing out this week and people's options with it? Um, I'd be going the double cheapies if you don't have them, but if you paid attention to the last couple of podcasts, we mentioned this a couple of weeks ago, that you should have got an early on at least one of them so you didn't miss out. Um, so if you didn't, I would definitely go CHT. You can't miss that bloke. Um, I'd probably still go Zeri. i kind of rate him as a half-decent option. I got him... Um, a couple of weeks ago for that Eels game because I kind of thought, being a centre recorder, he might have a higher base and go over the line. He didn't, but still scored, I think, oh, 48 or something like that in, in, in that game. Yep. Um, the shame, shame he didn't score so well last week. Although I, That's one of the few games that I missed, but he bombed about 17 tries. So um, shame he missed the attack there. But um, I would actually go the double the double chibis this week, and the reason is Zeri's playing on that right side at home next to SJ off off Nakora. Um, um, I reckon you'll learn from his mistakes last week. He's not going to bomb another three tries, so I reckon if you had to play him just for one week, he's not the worst. He's not like he's a winger, so I would do that. Yeah, fair enough. Um, I'll give a different sort of slant on it um, because I'm in the situation now myself, so... First things first, um, CHT is a minus 89 BE. He's the number one priority for every team. So even if your team's in you know, dire trouble or, or whatever, you have to get CHT, and I see him as an absolute must. You've got to do it because he's minus 89 BE. That's about as good as you'll ever get. Have to get him in, no question about it. Make it happen. Probably for Zeri, though, uh, I see him as a really good trade-in, and I agree with you, Billy. He's, um, he's a really good one this week. He's only got a minus 20 BE. Now, whilst that's really good, 
if your team's doing really, really poorly or you're looking ahead and planning and you've maybe copped a heap of injuries and stuff and you've got things that you need to do next week or whatever, it's probably not the worst time to let him go if you have to, in my opinion. So I'm going to give my my team as an example here because I'm probably going to have to do it myself. So the last couple of weeks I've copped injuries left, right and centre um, and I've also been holding Jake Friend uh, and I was hopeful that this week you know, Jake Friend as my second hooker would be able to give me a good reserve number where I'd be able to score well, um, and I'd probably be able to get Damien Cook next week. Not going to happen uh, with Jake Friend not named. So I'm in the position now where my rankings have dropped for three weeks in a row, and my points are becoming really, really important to start getting up there. And my team's filled with a lot of cows that I'm going to need to cull as well. So for me, I've actually decided at the moment I'm going to get CHT in because, like I said, he's a must. But I'm actually going to trade Jake Friend straight to Cook. To me, the difference in points is going to outweigh what I'm going to miss out on Zeri. So, for example, Cook is also going to be a C and a VC option for me this week. He's playing the Bulldogs, which he could end up turning up again. Um, and I'm looking at between you know 50 to probably 70 points more with a Cook in my side um, than, say, having to go a Sebo or a Rabalara or something like that. So... For me, um, I could probably get Zeri next week for 30k more or something like that if he looks really good. Um, so that's sort of the option that I'm, I'm taking with my team. Uh, I need to prioritise the points at the moment. So do you see the value in, in maybe having to do that with some of the team scenarios like mine? Yeah, 100%. Um, I would probably do the same thing. if um, I, I really want to get Ponga this week. And if I didn't have those cheapies, I would probably make the same play. So to make your... Um, just to support your point there, CHT is 100%, but that low break even means you can probably miss Zeri for, for a week, as long as you think he can offset his score, but it's not, it's not likely that many people are going to play him, or it's not likely he's going to score a ton anyway. I'm just praying that he will, so um, very sensible move there. Yep. Um, and I guess the other option as well um, is I can, you can maybe let Zeri bypass altogether um, and just not get him. So that's probably the other part of this question, Billy, that we can dig into a little bit. Um, the whole uh, guns versus cows and how you balance that out. Um, so I'll take that one first and then you can let me know what you think. For me, um, I think at the start of the season, the first month, you absolutely have to be hitting the cows. And I think that that's pretty much, you, you've got to do it. Any decent cows with negative BEs, you've got to get them in. Uh, once you get to around the 25% mark, which is now at around, at around six, um, coming into round six, at this point, I look at my side and start to value points a bit more. Um, and especially if we've got a year like this year, I think you need to balance up how many cheapies there have been. If there wasn't as many cheapies that have come around, then maybe you know you, you extend that and go, you know, I need to get the cheapies in this week anyway. Um, I can wait on the points sort of thing. Or if your rank's really good, so I mean if you're you know, top 1,000 already um, and you're traveling along really well and your team's built really well, um, then by all means, you know, prioritize some of the cash cows because you, you're already going well with what you've got anyway. If you've got the sort of side, though, that um, like, like mine where you're starting to need some points and to go a little bit better than what you have been the last couple of weeks, um, at this point, I, I do prioritize getting those points a lot more um, than what I do getting bought uh, good cows in you know there's a must-have cows like the chts at minus 89 but if they're a slight negative be you know you've really got to look at what your 17 is and i think that's the key what's your 17 going to be this week what's your 17 going to look like in the following weeks 
And is there other cheapies that are coming up that are going to be able to replace missing out on someone like Azeri? So for me, I'm looking next week and saying, well, Payne Haas, I'm getting in next week. He's going to be a great cheapie. And I'm going to have like, you know, eight or nine guys to cull over the next sort of month anyway. So, you know, I'm probably in a good enough boat with the amount of cheapies that I've got. And that's kind of how I look at it. Yeah, same. Um, points are at a premium at the moment and you need to get those early. Um, just to support what you're saying there, mate, I'm, I'm averaging well over sort of 1,100 points a week at the last of the four or five weeks and I just can't make any ground. I'm just stuck at a 20k mark. It just goes to show um, how many cheapy options are actually going really well at centre three quarter and how many undervalued guys in the front row there were and like halves are they actually going well but 1,100 is pretty much staple with any given side so um, if you don't start punching some bigger scores soon, everyone's pods are going to become pretty much mainstream within before round 12. So um, if, you, if you're around sort of six, seven, eight hundred points behind, I just start going points over cheapies. But um, where possible, don't sack the obvious ones, but um, yeah, points very important. Yeah, I'm 100% with you there, mate. It's, it's a really hard balance because it can be, can be a bit of a trap just to grab the cheapies and stuff. But um, I think... It, like you said, you made a really good point in that the pods become a lot harder to, to be getting in and stuff. Um, and again, for myself, one of the biggest mistakes that I've made this year already is a couple of the key pods that I've really wanted since round one, I didn't end up starting with. And for the last three weeks, I've probably mentioned it on the podcast, I really want to get RTS, I really want to get Cody Walker. I didn't get either of them. Both of them three weeks ago were really good pods. Both of them um, I would have killed to have had three weeks ago and missed out on, say, a, a Garrick or a Cheapy or something because I would be exceptionally better off than what I am now. So I guess the moral of the story is that um, cows are good and you need to balance out so you've got enough of them to get the team that you need. But at the same time, everyone's got to remember that the name of the game is who scores the most points wins. And if you're not scoring points and you're making heaps of money, you're still going to lose. Yeah, it goes back to that saying I've always had at the beginning, like... Um, I think I've mentioned this the last couple of years and just out of pure frustration, but every year I, I always finish with a few trades up my sleeve um, and I don't know how to spend them, but I'm generally around sort of the 1,000, 1,500 mark. I would kill to be out of trades and struggling to, struggling to survive, but be in the top 10. There's no point having um, uh, team value or trades up your sleeve if you're sort of out, out of the hunt with only the top 10 pay. Yeah, exactly right. And you've got to do something different as well, don't you, mate? Like, you can't just follow the crowd with every move, um, you know. So if you've been going with the crowd for every move for six weeks, you've just got to... The guys that end up making up ground, like you said, you're struggling to make up ground, I'm struggling to make up ground a little bit as well. The guys that are going to make up ground are the guys that did bite the bullet and get a Cody Walker in a few weeks ago or an RTS a month ago and stuff like that. That's how you make up ground. So those are the sort of moves that I'm starting to look at because I need to do some pod moves to start moving up a bit quicker. Um, but also, 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 also draw. So, for example, um, what's his name? CHT pl- um, playing um, playing at home versus Cows. He, he, he's a he's a guy. He's a goal kicking half against a team that's leaking leaking points without a dominant forward. So it's not just about cash making too. It's about picking and choosing games where you might actually want to play play guys like that. Yeah, exactly right. So let's move on to the next question. It's sort of a segue one. Uh, quite a number of people asked, who is the best option to trade to CHT with? Is it Cardi, Brown, or Kieran? So they're probably the three guys that people have in their backup half spots. 
Uh, for me, it's 100% uh, Kieran because CHC's obviously replaced Kieran, so you know that Kieran's definitely not playing. Uh, Brown covers round 12, so you know best-case scenario you'll have him back then. Last diagnosis was Brown might only be out another three or four weeks, uh, and then he's going to make money when he comes back, and Brown's also got a negative BE, whereas Kieran's got the um, 20-something BE as well. So for me, that's a pretty easy question. I'd be getting Kieran out 100%. Yeah, agree. Um um, get rid of the guy that's been replaced by the guy in form because as long as he keeps doing what he's doing, the other guy ain't coming back. So, um, Kieran, hundred percent. I'd do. I'd get rid of um, um, Brown next um, and keep Cardi. They both play round twelve. Um, Cardi's currently playing eighty minutes on the edge, and we'll just increase in value. And there's no guarantee that Brown will come back. So, um, if you had to, I'd call Brown next, but only as a last resort because he's he's only taking up a position. He has, hasn't exactly made much coin. Yep, exactly. Um, so next question's a little bit similar as well. If you had to pick between a gun and a rookie, going up the same type of cash, which one would you consider um, to grab? Um, also considering that you can obviously get one of those maybe a week later, would you go the gun that's going up 100k or the rookie that's going up 100k? Um, maybe I'm not understanding this question because it seems no offence, but it seems like a little bit of a left field one. Um, if both players are going up the same value, wouldn't you take the gun because you're going to get the points and the cash? Yeah, I mean, I guess it's also, you know, if you're going to get the other one the next week, uh, then you're going to cop paying more for it. So I think it's very team-specific um, because you might, next week you can probably pick up a Zeri for 30k more if you get a gun this week. So I think it's more about what your 17 is going to look like this week and who you need more. If you don't need the gun, then don't get the gun this week. Get him next week. Um, if you do need the gun, then get the gun this week and pay the premium for Zeri as an example for next week. Depends what they what they score too. Um, like like for, for instance, if you're thinking about getting Ponga this week versus um, um, Zeri, I suppose um, not too much uh, difference in the B. I'd probably grab Ponga because he's a captain option, and you know that yeah, he, um, he he last year he had a seven game sorry always had a five game rolling average of seventy five. So he he's gonna he's gonna give you that consistency around the seventy five mark at home. Um, so you know you're going to get those points and the cash injection, whereas Zeri could score that, but he might not. So maybe just take the risk away, go Ponga, and then bring bring in Zeri to, Zeri the uh, the week after. Maybe it gives you an extra week to get a, a better diagnosis on how far away um, uh, Moylan is. Agreed. Um, so the next one is: Is it crazy to go a week early on Payne Huss? And I'll give you a couple of stats to answer this one with Billy as well. I was quite shocked that Payne Haas is currently the second most traded in player of any player um, at 11.3% at the moment. Uh, what do you think about going early on the big Haas? Uh, I wouldn't because um, there's better options this week. Maybe I'm assuming people might be picking him up because of his score last week. And like you said, sometimes you just got to go for the points. That makes sense. Um, the only difference is he's, he's not at lock this week. He's at front row forward. And I know you're going to say it's the same position, but it's not when, it, when we talk about minutes. So he's not going to be getting 70 minutes again or whatever ridiculous minutes he got last week. He might get 55. He might get 60. He still might get 70, but unlikely. Look, I think he's going to be a great option next week, but... I would still go to half this week and focus on making making some coin. Yeah, this is um, this is one of those prime examples of people getting too excited too quickly about someone. Uh, Payne Haas was a monster last week. He's seventy seven points, seventy seventy odd in base, uh, and he looked really good. Unbelievable. 
having said that, yeah. you know, he's only got one career game, mate. Like, you can't expect him to average 77 points or to, or to throw that out again. I mean, even my way of thinking is his game was that good. It was that much of an outlier that he can't continue doing that he's even less likely to replicate it this week. More than likely, he's not going to do what he did last week again because that was just a blinder. Yeah, I know. I know what you're saying. Um, the only re- the only thing I can think of here is um, the, the guys are going. He's still going to perform. You know, you know, you're going to get a decent score off him this week. The only thing I can think of is look, maybe they're going a week early because some people want to make up some ground, and they may be going um, um, CHT and him hoping for the more guaranteed points, and then taking a 30k sack on Zary and picking Zary up next week. Or people don't want to want to run the risk on Zary and and or they don't need him. So. Quite, there is a decent explanation in there. I reckon it might be just a lot of people going to CHT and then pass route and then saving some cash and then doing their forward upgrades next week, but trying to get those those, those points injection from Arsenal week early, that's all. Yeah, and there was a few examples like that in the questions that were asked as well, where people are sort of taking a middle ground approach from the you know, the gun cheapy versus two cheapies. Um, and if they're needing the points, they're sort of going, well, I can get two cheapies and sort of go in the middle where maybe Haas is going to outscore the other cheapies that are available and I can play him. That's definitely come into it. I just sort of think that if you're going to do that, you may as well do a gun this week and just get Haas and Zeri in next week if that's what you're going to do. You're going to get Zeri next week anyway. Just get two cheapies next week if you're that desperate and then get the gun in right now uh, because there's a lot of guns, like you mentioned Ponga, um, and there's some other ones as well that are pretty good buys this week. If you need the points that bad this week that you're looking at Haas for his points, just grab someone like Ponga, I reckon, this week and just wait for Haas for next week. Yeah, that's what I'm doing, mate. Just grab... Uh, I don't want... I just like Ponga. I like Pong. Uh, I like his game. I think he'll go well this week. Um, I just want him to get the crowd. So, um, yeah, going with Ponga this week and then um, next week I'll go Haas and, and a gun. Yeah, I think it's better just to wait a week on Haas and, and grab him next week. But it's not the worst move in the world. If you wanted to go early on Haas, go for it. Um, I'd just temper your expectations, like Billy said. He's um, probably playing a slightly different role, maybe not as many minutes. Um, and look, 50 points from a rookie is still really good, um, but you know it's not 77, so just temper your expectations a little bit. Hopefully he does go great for everyone, but uh, I just wouldn't expect a crazy good score. So Billy, over the next couple of weeks, best forward and back gun op- options to be looking at to get in to bolster people's teams? Uh, forward, um, Martin by a mile. Um, scored 69 last week in a team that was absolutely flogged with pretty much bugger all shots on goal and no clutch. Um, mate, just get him in your team and captain him every single round for the rest of the year. And then um, Ponga, just um, I'd, I'd grab him as well. Yeah, I reckon that they're um, the two really good ones uh, for this fortnight. Another one that I'm really interested in is Kikau. I thought he looked really quite good on the weekend in a Panthers side that was really terrible um, and he plays round 12 as well um, much like Martin so kick out probably really the other one look, didn't he score a try last week yeah he did looked really damaging that score was with a try too the, the way he scored that try he just he just ran over the top of like five people um, and, well, and it was it was a really good one and that's sort of his game and why he's so good at super coach and playing um, you know he's playing against the Sharkies this week, but you know the Roosters did get, do pretty well on their edges as well. Um, so yeah. I, I mean, break even sixty five, but he's um, he's one that you're going to want for round twelve. So I'm certainly looking at him in the next two weeks. Yeah, um, I, I'm going to I'm going to hold off just for a little bit, but only while his break even is above forty. That's the only reason. Yep, 
No, that's fair. I think those three guys are really good ones to look at. Um, so next question, uh, which cows are ready to sell? And as part of that question as well, would you hold someone playing round 12 like Sevo, or would you sell them when they're, when they're peaked? So it's the whole cash first round 12 number um, scenario. So um, I think that the first answer to the question is pretty much most of the cows are ready to sell. Um, if they've got a BE sort of of you know, 30 plus, they're probably ready to sell and then it just becomes a bit team specific. Um, if they've got to be a, you know, really low single digits or negative break even, then obviously they're not ready to sell. Um, I'd probably prioritise myself, Billy, selling uh, a Ford that's peaked over a centre wing that's peaked, only because I, it's a little bit riskier, but the centre wing can score a try and start to get their money making going up again but you're not going to lose too much if they don't. So Garrick's a good example. He went up another 30K this week, even though he had a 21 BE. He might have got like a 17 or something and, and gone down a 1000 bucks or whatever, but he didn't. He scored a try, whereas someone like Host, you know, he's got a 45 BE and he's unlikely to score a try or do anything massive to make him go well. Even if Host had a, a 25 BE, he's still unlikely to, to go as well as you know, a, a guy that's got try-scoring opportunity in the centre wing. So I'll normally prioritise the peaked forwards first, if I can, um, and then the peaked centre wings. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, if a guy's playing round 12, try to hold. But if, if you absolutely um, can't and need the coin, I, I wouldn't begrudge anyone selling him, but especially Sivo. Um, I wouldn't do it this week, though, because of two reasons. Num- uh, number one, uh, like you said, he's a centre three quarter. He could have a break even of 60, but all he's got to do is score one try, and all of a sudden next week that comes down to 20 or something rather, and he can go up another sort of 50 to 150k, depending on, on what type of run he goes on. And it's not like you need the points because no one's going to play him, but you can just leave him as an NPR and see what happens while you flog off everyone else. Um, the only other thing to add is someone made this really good point today, um, but um, Ferguson is out now. So if he's not, they've been going right uh, non-stop to Fergo. So if Fergo is out, um, Eels used to go to left predominantly before that. So he might start seeing a bit more go his way, especially and and being a lane owner as well. I'm kind of, kind of hoping that it starts going that way a bit more too. So I'd, I'd, I'd just hold him a week and just see if he starts getting a bit more bald, see if that um, that coin making uh, starts spinning around the other way. Yeah, if he um, if he has a bit of a dud this week and he starts losing some cash. Um, would you sell him or would you just wait and just have him for round 12? No, I'd sell him. Um, I'd just take the risk of holding him this week only because his break-even isn't that high and if he doesn't score and, and, he, and he scores like 30 or something, rather, what, what does he lose, what, 10 grand? I'm, I'm willing to take that risk just to just to watch and see. I'd, I'd much rather burn someone else. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much the same. Probably the only other scenario I'll throw out there to answer the question is um, if a guy's peaked... I mean, me and Billy have said it so many times on the pod through um, this season. Most things come down to planning. Round 12, you should already have pretty much, you know, a bit of a mapped plan of your main guys. And Billy's made the really good point before that you're better off having a really strong 12 than a weak 15. So, you know, if you've got six or seven guns and, you know, nine plebs, uh, it's not as good as having 10 guns or 12 guns, you know, one pleb thrown in. So... Have a look at your team. You should have a decent idea of what you want for round 12, what you need. And, you know, if you've already got, you know, 14 guys in your team that are playing round 12 and Sevo is one of them, just neck him now because you, you've already got, you've still got 13 guys left for round 12 and you've got all the trades up until then to work through it as well. The other way to look at it as well is if you're reasonably placed and planned for round 12 and you trade Sevo to another guy that's playing round 12, 
So, for example, if you um, were to trade him to, say, um, Reese Martin via Jules or a CHM, um, something like that, you know, you're getting someone in to replace his number, so you're not going to go down in numbers that you got for round 12, and you're also upgrading him with someone who's better. So I'd look at it that way as well a little bit. Yeah, 100%. Um, uh, just to go on that point, um, that's much better to have like a strong 12 as opposed to 17. you got to remember, when you if, for instance, you had a full 17 for first buy round, it's not going to be full strength. Yeah, look, if you've got three or four, seven, three quarters in your team, you've got to remember that you're, like if you've got guys like Sibo and Garrick in your team, it's not the average that you're going to be counting, but they might be averaging 45 or 50 for the season, but you're only playing them for one game and there's no guarantee they're going to hit that average. They could all score 120 or they could score 20. So there's no point keeping four guys like Sibo on, on, on your bench just for around 12 when you can downgrade them to another GP and use the coin to upgrade them to like a to power or a surge so you know it's going to give you at least those 55 60 points 60 points on that buy, on on that buy round um possibly even in inflated scores because guys like that are going to play more minutes when the teams are depleted and then extra fraction of a, of, a, of a percent so they, they might score an extra three or four or five points per week between now and round two while you're actually playing those guys over whatever uh, other uh, mid-strength guys guys you would have had anyway so yeah, don't don't have any qualms about selling a guy like Silva and playing the twelve because the extra quality you have in round twelve and leading up to it completely offsets the um, you know, having seventeen in, in in that buy round. Hundred um, percent. So the next question is another controversial one with a lot of people talking about Jai Arrow at the moment. Is Jai Arrow a sell, um, and would you sell him to a garden like Kikau or Martin, for instance? So a couple of numbers for you, Billy, and then I'll let you go right at Jai Arrow. Uh, he only played 47 minutes on the weekend, so I think a lot of people are fed up with the minutes that he's getting. The week before, he played more minutes in, in the 50s. Um, he was 59 minutes, but his minutes have been very up and down, you know, 59, 55, and so on. On the weekend, um, he apparently got a cork in the leg uh, and was actually listed on the injury report. So it looks like that he probably got 47 minutes because of that partially as well. How do you see Jai Arrow, mate? He's ended up still averaging um, 64 points, so he's still averaged very well. Um, he's got a three-round average of only 50 because of some lower minutes, particularly on the weekend where he didn't have a fantastic score. But his scores have been 47, 59, 45, 110 and 60 in the first two rounds. So obviously at the start of the year, he was going a lot better. And in this last three rounds, his, his minutes have been up and down. I wouldn't say you're mad if you're selling him, but I'd um, I'd say I'd also say you're mad if you were to. Arrow had, like you said, had, had the cork, whatever you call last week. So that would have been why he played lower minutes. Um, he was never going to play 70, 80 minutes. Um, he might have that as a, as an anomaly from time to time, but um, I think pretty much everyone or most people um, only ever expected him to play sort of 55, 60 minutes. Would have hoped that he started playing um, more around the 60 plus mark, but. If you're going to cut a guy that's averaging sort of 64, I think you'd want to have a bloody good reason for doing it and not point to what, a 47-minute injury where the guy had a cork and still scored by 48 or something around up with no tries and bugger all offloads. He's just the type of guy who only needs an 80 score once every four weeks to average sort of 65. And his floor is at 50, so I honestly think you're mad for selling him. Yeah, I don't love it either. Um, and I've, I say I don't really get it. I kind of get it because it is frustrating and I'm an owner as well. But also not really because he's not doing that badly. Like, this is as bad as it gets. If as bad as it gets is 
a 45, 59, 47. And then he's going to go back up to 60 and, and a few bigger scores in there as well. It's not that bad. Um, and he's still going to average, like you said, 64 points. And you know, he's still going to average that gun that gun amount. He's, Mate, take the name off him. Take, take the arrow name off him and forget how many minutes he's playing and read back his stats and say, say to yourself, oh, I've got a guy averaging 64 on my team and I don't like it. He's not doing good, so I want to sell him. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah, yeah, that's no, right. It doesn't. And he's, he's play, and he's playing freaking rubbish, and and he's scoring sixty four. What do you want? Yeah, that's right. And he's he's just Does, such a he's such a good player. But the other thing that I'll throw out there for you as well, Billy, is we're in a we're in a time where people are having to maybe give up getting a cheapie because there's so many options. So I don't understand why anyone needs to sell Arrow when we have all these cows that are peaking and downgrade options to a Zeri, downgrade options to a CHT. I mean, even going Kieran to CHT, um, net you, you know, 60 grand or something, you're making 60 grand just there. I don't know why you need to trade Arrow to get in another gun or another point scorer. You should have, you know, enough there to be able to do that without doing an Arrow out. Yeah, just a very, very quick stat. Um, don't quote me on this, but I'm sure it's right around the mark. Um, pre-season, when I was doing my data, I'm pretty sure... The top 16 or 17 or 18 players from last year averaged over 65. So he's at 64. So if you're going to get rid of him, there's not many people that you can, that I can think of that you can possibly upgrade to because eventually you're going to get to 17 and I don't think there's going to be more than 17 available. So for a guy that's scoring rubbish that you're not happy with, the only reason you want to get rid of him is if you think he's not going to bounce back and you can find another 17 people that are going to average more, but I can't see it. Yeah, I mean, playing devil's advocate, would he be someone that you were going to sell anyway coming up to the round 12 buy to get back in later? Because obviously you can't keep all of your origin players all the way through. And if you were going to sell him, um, you know, pre-round 12, would be going early like now be, you know, the worst idea. Maybe people are thinking of it that way and that they are planning on getting him back in sort of, you know, post-origin. Yeah, I'll concede. Um, I probably didn't think that through before I shut my mouth off just then. Um, that's, probably, <laughs> that's probably a really good point. If you're going to be getting rid of him for Origin anyway, and you can dump him in for a guy like Haas and get similar points and upgrade elsewhere to bolster your team, then yeah, look, no brainer. Um, I just think he's going to bounce back and have a lot of decent scores before um, round 12. So um, as a potential seller myself, I'd rather hold him to round 12, but each to their own. It's not a, it's not a silly move. Uh, another quick stat on Arrow. Um, he's never, the run that he's on at the moment, he's never gone like three dud games in a row. It just hasn't happened. He's always hit 60 points in any three-game span that he's played. Um, so that goes to show sort of how good he is, um, even when he's dropped down before. And he's had low he's had low minutes before. He's had minutes in the 50s before plenty of times last year. Um, you know, last year in round 19, he scored 38 points. The next week, he scored 43 points. Then he scored a 72. Um, later on to end the season, he had 57 and then 52. Then he hit a 65. Yeah, it just when he's hit a forty-four at the start of the year, he's then gone sixty-eight, one thirty-eight. He's not a guy that's going to go on a prolonged run of scoring poorly, even if he's only getting sort of fifty, fifty-five minutes. He's still not going to score below sixty like he has, and all the numbers suggest that more than likely this week, if not the following one, he's going to give you a sixties or more score anyway. Yeah, and they've been touched up a fair bit too, mate. They got. 21 points on, on them against the Raiders, 20 versus the Sharks, 28 versus the Rabbits, 26 versus the Warriors. 
Um, they finally had a turnaround last week, but they still had 24 points taken off them uh, and put 30 on, on, on themselves. So there's a fair bit of time taken off, off the clock, mate. Um, so even though he's getting to the 50 minutes, there's a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a lot of time standing behind the post at either end of the field. I'd probably take it with a grain of salt for now. No, I agree. If you are going to cut him anyway, then look, it's not the worst thing in the world to cut him now. If you're going to cut him in round 10, may as well be now if you're going to get a Reese Martin or something in. Um, I'm looking at maybe holding him all the way through as one of the, the guys that I hold all the way, though. And he definitely has to be um, in your top end of your squad, that's for sure. So going on to the next question, um, is this the week to get Cook? Would you trade out a gun like Smith um, or would you forego a cheapie this week to get Cook? So I already said, Billy, I've already foregoed a, <laughs> I'm already foregoing Zeri this week in order to get Cook in because I can't see getting him in next week. Um, Cook's got a BE of 52 at the moment. And he's currently at a 43k discount on his starting price, which is pretty good. But even though that 52 BE, you know, isn't that low, um, he is playing the dogs. And he is also coming off, um, you know, his highest score of the year last week of 115 points. So it's probably an opportune time. And he's only owned by 25% of teams, which I found quite surprising. Yeah, I'm concerned about... uh... Uh, not captaining in this week because I'm going to chuck to see on Martin. I don't know why, but <laughs> I, um, I was I was uh, I was scared of uh, I was scared of um, the the rabbits spreading spreading the points last week. So I, I didn't I took the I took the C off Cook and purchased uh, Martin. So um, if I, I'm afraid if I switch the captaincy to um, from Martin to Cook this week, then uh, um, old old mother nature SC will come and bite me in the butt so I'm just going to stick solid but yeah I'm scared the hell of uh, cool captains so you reckon that this is a this is a good week to be getting him in if you don't get him this week do you really think you're going to be buying him between now and round 12 when he's when he's actually on the buy yeah it's a good question you're running out of weeks and this is a thing where I was saying earlier where you know we're 25% of the way through the season after this round you can't wait forever to get these guys in um, and you don't want to buy someone to get a couple of weeks out of them like you're saying, Billy, as well, before they go on orange duty. So yeah, look, um, mate, I know we're sort of generally sort of positive and negative and do the pros and cons of every single player, but um, I think this is the one where we have to say, look, we told you so preseason. Some positions like hooker or fullback or half, if there's a dominant player and and there's daylight between the rest, kind of like uh, how Smith used to be with the rest of the field, you just need to get on him. He's 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 one of those exceptions. Yep, and I would definitely forego Zeri to get Cook in this week because that's what I'm doing. Uh, and I also would sell a Smith to Cook if that was the only way that I could do it. Um, I'm assuming that you'd probably be the same selling a gun to him if that's the only way you could do it or foregoing Zeri. Uh, yeah, mate, I'm never going to not own Cook for the next 10 years. Second last question, is it the year of the fallen guns? What are the outlooks of fallen guns like Arrow, Tapao, Fifi, etc.? And is there still upside in mids like Lane, Murray, Fitz and Gillette? So, Billy, more fallen guns than ever? Or do you think that some of these guns are going to be resurrected soon? Oh, I think they'll start to bounce back. Um, I think some of the calls we made pre-season were good. Maybe one or two not so good. Jerbo <laughs> <laughs> uh, isn't going that well at the moment. Uh, like, let me rephrase that. He is going well, but he's not giving you what you paid for. But that's only because he hasn't got a, you know, a, try, uh, like a, a couple of tries yet or put, put anyone in, in the gap. But... They won't last for long. He'll bounce back. What about Fafita's a big um, hot topic? We've discussed Arrow, but what about Fifi? Fifi, Fifi's been going all right. He, um, 
and he's pretty much given giving you what you, what you asked for or thereabouts. Um, he, he actually played seventy minutes in the, in the first couple of rounds. Um, um, his, his clutch kind of dropped off a little bit, but he, he's had a couple of um, tries just kind of taken off him. And it, it, it is only five rounds, but it's not like he's been giving you forties. I, I think if he bloke like Fifi is just a dead set keeper in the front row. I, I wouldn't worry about him. He'll he'll bounce back easily. Um, Marty Tapao is one of those guys that sort of. Um, plays 40 to 45 minutes or 55 minutes. You never know when he's going to punch a 90, but as soon as he does, he, he just gets the average from 55 to 67 really quickly. So I wouldn't worry about him. He's always going to be like that. And then you get your other guys like um, Lane. He showed a lot more promise last week. Um, he was on 37 or 38 points in the first half, um, really stepped it up. He was starting to make a lot more tackles and, and more runs than what he used to but then he did nothing in the second half, which was disappointing, but at least he kind of hit the round in his break-even and scored 60-odd points. Then you've got a guy like Murray. It's a shame he's not getting big minutes because the guy's just a machine, But um, and he's been scoring some tries and all line breaks to keep, his, to keep his average up there, but honestly, it doesn't really matter how a guy gets the average. As long as they maintain it, just hold on to him, especially for now. Yep. Now, I'm going to make a couple of quick points here. Um, so the first one is I think that people are probably being a little bit harsh on some of these guys. So Andrew Fafita is an example. I know people think that it's it's inconsistency, and it might be for one game, but Andrew Fafita's averaged basically 66 points for this season. That's very good. That front row forward, that's elite, elite. That's the top of the rung for a front row forward because it's a poor position in Supercoach. Uh, his three-round average is 66 points. His five-round average is 66 points. He has um, been as consistent as what you'll get, and he's scoring 66 points a game. You know, it's not 70 points a game, but 66 is very good. So I don't even think that he's fallen. I think that he's had, a, you know, a couple of injury-affected games um, and, you know, a couple of games where he hasn't gone so well. I'll also probably say he's been robbed of some stats by the Supercoach stats guys as well, where he's been, at, you know, on the weekend, I think he was even as high as sort of 70-something. I mean, he ended up dropping down to 58 or 59 points. Um, so I don't think that these guys are going that bad. That's probably the first thing. The the second and last point that I'll make is every single year, um, we have almost identical trends. It's almost identical that you'll have guns that are proven guns that will go on bad spells. Marty Tapao is a good example. His minutes have always fluctuated quite a bit. Don't really know why because he's had a, a few different coaches now over the years and it just happens, okay? But... It doesn't really matter when he averages, say, you know, 54 points for a few rounds or even for five rounds because he still, at the end of the season, ends up averaging, um, you know, 65 points. So you just have to be patient with guys. And part of that's in your round one planning and stuff. You know, you also need to pick your runs. Pick your runs on what guys you're going to have for round one and what guys you're going to leave out. Pick your runs on when you're going to trade guys in as well. So, for example, you know, Marty to power, once he shows some promise, there's a lot of people that don't own him, you should be picking your time to pounce on him. He's not a guy that you're going to let go by and expect him not to be that good again. He's going to get that good again. you just got to wait for the best time. So, you know, for me, I think it's a little bit of people being a bit hard um, and people sort of expecting to buck the trends and for us to have more fallen guns than what we do. I will say that there's always, every year, um, a couple of guns that just sort of fall off the radar. That's a that's a minority minority. But if anyone can pick out out of you know the the thirty or forty guns um, that we're talking about um, over the couple of years, which one of them is going to fall out of gun status and be a fallen gun? 
I'd love to know how you figure it out because you know it's the hardest thing in the world to figure out. Mostly it's due to a, a positional change or it's due to age. So if a guy's getting older or he's changing position or role, then I'd be worried. But other than that, I, I don't think you can pick it and I think that it's hardly any of them that end up not coming good by the end of the year. Mate, you just hit the nail on the head. And while you were doing that, I just went and had a look at a Fifi just to compare your notes for what you were saying. Fifi did exactly the same thing last year, dude. He averaged sort of um, 60-odd minutes and was um, averaging 67 points as of round seven. But for the next five rounds after that, he averaged 69 minutes for an average of 78. So... (laughs) At this exact round, pretty much last year, everyone was saying the same thing. Look, Fifi's only scored 57, 56, 72, 53, 95, 59. He's, like, he's underperforming. His PPM is only around the sort of one mark, and it's regressed a little bit. Well, the next five games after that, it lifted, didn't it? Um, and you know what happens around origin time. As soon as round 12 comes, um, his scores go um, his scores go out of sight. So um if, if you're worried about the data i'd just say go and have a look at it because it, the data says this is when he bounces back don't sell him yep yep exactly so i think all those guys that, that i mentioned as examples are going to bounce back um, and i can't foresee really um any massive fallen guns aside from paul gallon um, who probably fell as a gun last year and that's because of age like i mentioned so that's going to happen um and you know cook's another one that's falling um, but he's still going okay the upside in mids like lane murray um, Fitz and Gillette, I still think that there's upside in all of them. Um, I wouldn't be buying them, but if you own them, um, I'd probably be, be holding on to them. Yeah, just to use Lane as an example, he was priced at 50, currently averaging 55, sorry, 56, um, attempted so last week, ended up holding him, didn't score a try, no, no line breaks, no nothing, ended up scoring, what, 58 or something. Mate, if someone's scoring you around the sort of 60 mark and you pay 50 for him, and their buy cover, and you and you haven't got you know a guy in your team that can um, score you know, sixty five or seven or, or um, seventy for you just yet. It's not the worst guy in the world to play. Yeah, and uh, you know as a completely different example, Fitzgibbon fits the bill as a different to all of them. He's he's had a dramatic drop off. He's averaging forty four points a game this year. He averaged sixty two last year, so he's not he's not going to stay at forty four points a game. He's not scored a try yet. So there's your upside right there. If you've got an attacking player that hasn't hit any attack, um, so Fitzgibbon is a, a good example of that, he's got massive upside. He's definitely going to get, even if he gets 10 points a game more than what he's currently doing, that's still going to be eight points off where he's priced at the beginning of the year and his average like Yeah, it's a shame um, he's not playing that round 12 bike because he would be a prime candidate to pick up right now, given that sort of Pong has gone back to fullback and had this epic draw at the moment and he's probably bottomed out, so... Yeah, for sure. Uh, I, I'm I'm frustrated that I own Fitzgibbon, um, but I'm also kind of um, happily optimistic because I know that it can't get any worse than what it has been. Yeah, you got to go half slap, glass half full, mate. Yeah, just slap a VC on one of them. Hope it pays <laughs> off for you, mate. Um, yeah, get Murray. I would I would worry too much about him. The, the kid's just a machine. Like he, he he's he's only paying what fifty sixty minutes. Like just doing having his spell and coming back on. Um, he's in a good team too, so it seems like the real deal. I, I just love watching him, mate. I, I couldn't care less yeah, um, fantasy-wise because everyone bloody earns him. I'm just going to keep playing him and hope he sort of keeps punching to the 60-odd scores or a 60-odd average um, until a buyer's come and then reassess um, whether he stays in the team um, and is getting more minutes or whether he just becomes a staple turbo from then on. 
I just can't believe the amount of people that are going sour on Cam Murray. Like it's been, it's only taken one game for everyone to turn on him. He's he scores before last week were eighty one, sixty, seventy four, and seventy. Like <laughs> I really don't understand. He he scored forty five against New Zealand, which isn't the worst in the world. And people were talking about his minutes. He's still got fifty nine minutes in the end. So I mean, I think it's a little bit of a storm in a keep. Teacup with uh, Cam Murray, I, I'd be keeping him for sure and expecting upside. And I wouldn't be too too unhappy with how he's been going, even though he gave us a dud score on the weekend. Um, and it's kind, of, it's kind of like supporting the Storm and then booing them after one loss, after 20, 20 wins straight. I mean, high expectations. <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit like that. Our final question for the mailbag, is Alex Twell a keeper? I'm uh, both happy that I got Alex Twell right and unhappy because I cut him an hour before kickoff. Um, 12's numbers, Billy, have been phenomenal. And we, we touched on it a little bit last week. But he backed it up again on the weekend. And he, he made 50-something tackles as a front rower. Um, some of the stats sites had him at 58 tackles. That, that was the high. So, you know, 58 tackles for a prop is crazy. I believe he played 66 minutes. Um, and his scores so far this year, aside from round one, have been stellar. So he had 75 points on the weekend. 62 the week before, 69, 63. Uh, and obviously, round one, it was only 47. So he hasn't scored below 62 points all year, uh, aside from round one. And he's been consistent as he's already gone up 100K, 503,000. As a front row forward, I, I would definitely be looking at him as a keeper. And like you said with um, Fitzgibbon, it's a massive shame that 12's not playing round 12 because I'd be targeting him very soon at 500K. Yeah, true. Um, I'd probably go um, Clemmer over him purely because Clemmer's averaging 63 to 69 minutes. So he's consistently getting those 60-odd minutes, which is a 10, 15% uplift on last year. Um, uh, Twal had 68 minutes this week, which is a bit of an anomaly. Um, he is playing decent minutes, but I kind of expected him to be more around the 55 mark. Rather, if he's getting 60 each week, he's a really good option, but I'd probably still go Clemmer over him, um, but uh, looking at his his price point at the moment, I'd probably prefer to wait wait and see what happens with uh, when Benji comes back as to whether you're going to have the utility on the be- on, on on the bench to um, keep his minutes going. Um, the fact that he doesn't play round twelve, um, I'd, I'd just watch him watch him for now. If you started with him, great, but I don't think he's a guy who's going to get away. I reckon you can get Clemmer for now if you really want someone in that in, in that sort of price point. But do you think that he's a keeper at the end? I don't think so, only because you only need, need need two of them, and I would have defeated that at the moment, and possibly so just just for the for the um, the edge scores the way he's going at the moment. But he, he's not far away, mate. Yeah, on the prop um, points scored so far, if you take it um, round one, he actually comes in at the second best front row forward option that you can have, um, assuming that. Burgess is the second row forward, that is. So as far as the pure front row forwards, he's currently the second best one if you take out round one as an anomaly. If you don't take out round one... Um, is it if you don't take out round If you don't take out round one, is it Fifi and Clemmer? Uh, it's actually Clemmer, um, Fanua Blake and Fifi, not far behind. Fanua Blake and, and Fifi are pretty close to the same. Um, but he's um, he's still not too far behind. He still ends up being the fourth guy if you count round one. Um, so let's move on to TLT. A lot of good questions this week. Thanks for um, sending them in, guys. It was good to chat with them. We'll chat with the buy ones when we do the buy coverage one in a couple of weeks' time. 
So, first game of the round, Billy. We've got the Thursday night blockbuster of the Sharks versus Panthers at Shark Park. Main news for this one is that we've got Paul Gallen coming back from a rib injury for the Sharkies. And for the Panthers, Regan Campbell-Gillard is named on the bench with Tim Grant to start. Wade Egan is starting at hooker as well. So a couple of pretty significant changes really in real life for the Panthers. Not so much for Supercoach. Um, obviously, Bronson Zeri is named again, uh, which is good for the Sharkies. When we're having a look at market, watch for this. Uh, Zeri's the third most traded in player at 7.7%. That makes sense. Um, we've spoken about him quite a bit, so I don't think we need to go through him anymore. On the other side of the coin with the Panthers, we've got JFH as the fifth most traded in guy. Um, spoke about him quite a bit last week. Wanted to wait a week to see how the minutes looked. Um, didn't really get a proper look at that because Yao got injured with a shoulder injury, um, which is really annoying. Um, 4.5% of coaches have traded in JFH for this week. He's only got an 11 BE and he shot up uh, almost $40,000 in the past week because he tunned up on the weekend. Um, so he's now 543k and he's already at 9% ownership, um, which will probably be closer to 15% by the time round one kicks off. How do you see that as an option for this week, mate? Uh, try and a try assist and a shoulder injury to inflate his minutes. No thanks. He's been going really well before that. I think you're shortchanging him quite a bit. Let's have a look at his numbers a little bit closer. I understand that his minutes have been inflated, um, but he's gone 102, 72, 49, 74, and 65. Um, so he's actually had quite a consistent season, barely a score under 50 points. Um, and aside from that one game, four out of the five, he scored 65 plus. So I actually think that he was a good trade in last week at 503k. Um, if you had the balls to do it, not knowing the rotations and stuff uh, with his 80 minutes and, and everything. I'm not sure I'd want to pay 543k for him, but he has been really going really well. He does play round 12 and um, he can be put in at props. So I probably disagree a little bit. I can see why guys are doing it. I don't think it's a terrible option. Do you know what it, what uh, minutes and what average he had last year? Yeah, last year he, he had stuff all minutes, um, and that's what's always killed him. So he he, aver- he averaged sixty minutes for an average of forty nine. So he's got twenty two so, minutes a game more so far this year. Yeah, but so he's still playing eighty. Look, if you think he's going to play eighty every week, then he's a great option. Um, I'm just skeptical of the eighty. That's all. Yeah, and that's fair. I mean, the problem is that. We haven't been able to see it. There's just been that many Panthers injuries and stuff. It's just been really difficult to see. Um, but it probably depends okay. on who else that you've got in your team as well. If you've got a lot of yeah. the other forwards, then you know you may as well take a pun on someone like him. All games over 61 minutes last year. He averaged 50. He averaged 52 or 67 minutes. I just don't want to take a pun on a guy like that this early. I'd much rather sort of just hold off. Hold off. Get Reece, uh, if, you, if you're not owners, get Reese Martin. Get Kickow. Get Ponga, get those guys leading up to the next to, to, to the buyers. Because, you know, I wouldn't be worried about sort of trying to spend six hundred k on a guy like this because for for one round you may as well just pick it, um, you know, a cheap pod and, and and just keep keep plugging away at trying to get your, uh, your, your, your trying to get your, your gerbos and your fafitas into your team, mate. Yep. Um, so those are the top three guys as far as trade-ins. This game doesn't have any of the top trade-out players. Over at Shark Park, the Panthers looked absolutely horrible last week. C and VC options in this one. Uh, I don't mind Cleary as a VC because he did go a lot better last week. He scored 84 points um, and a few astute coaches captained him. Went pretty well. 
likewise, though, you know, the Sharkies, the Panthers missed 62 tackles last week, so the Sharkies could run right in this one. Uh, they could. I'm still a bit sceptical, right? Um, it is a it is at Shark Park. Um, I had the VC on SJ, but uh, just it, it hasn't scored any massive tons for a while. Um, and I just realised I don't think I can VC him anyway because I wouldn't have a I wouldn't have enough to um bloop. So I might have to go um Zeri for the VC because I think uh, uh what's his name um the Eels half I forgot his bloody name already. Anyway, he, he, yeah, he, he's my only loop option. So clearly, clearly, SJ could be a loop loop option, but I'd probably lean to. Uh, I would probably lean towards uh, SJ purely because it's at Sharks and Panthers uh, haven't exactly been setting the world on fire lately. Yep. Um, those are both pretty decent options to, to throw a VC on. Um, I wouldn't be seeing any of them. Quick stat for you as well for this game. The Panthers have got the two players that are leading the missed tackle count. James Maloney is first with 28 missed tackles so far. James Fisher-Harris is second with 27 missed tackles so far. Panthers missing over 60 tackles last week alone. Um, Sharkies have given up 30 and 24 points um, in the last couple of weeks. And even in some of their good wins, they've given up, um, you know, at least sort of 16 points um, against the Cowboys. So the last few weeks, uh, the Panthers and the Sharks' defense hasn't been that great, even though the the Tigers-Panthers match was pretty low scoring. Um, this one, I reckon, is going to be a pretty good one for Super Coach Billy. I'm kind of looking forward to it. Yeah, Thursday night too. Pretty excited about seeing what a VC can do. Um, uh, those stats between Maloney and um, JFH are pretty interesting. Although, um, I dare say Maloney's probably t- only, probably only attempted a hundred and missed twenty, whereas uh, JFH has probably attempted a thousand. So he's probably <laughs> only missed one percent versus Maloney's twenty to seven percent. Yeah, it's a little bit unfair for Fords. They should look at percentages for it instead. Um, there was a couple of injury concerns as well, n- worth noting. Sean Johnson looks like a certain starter, um, but just watch closer to kick off with his quad. He still played last week. Andrew Fafita, a lot of people have been worried about him um, not playing. It still could happen, so definitely have to worry about it, but it is first game. Uh, I will reference on Sunday, um, there was a Triple M interview with uh, Morris, the coach for the Sharkies, and he was actually saying the MRI uh, was clean and uh, the tests and results were a lot better than what they first expected on the field when he first did it, and they're very, very confident that he's going to be playing on Thursday night, um, both Morris and his training staff. So it sounded very positive that he was going to play, um, but obviously you need to have a look um, an hour before kickoff and just make sure if you've got Fafita or Sean Johnson in your side that they are actually definitely going to be playing. Um, the other thing as well with those stats that I mentioned, Billy, is obviously um, Fisher-Harris is in the middle um, and Maloney is um, obviously on the edge, but Fafita likes to hit the middle and also the edge when he's you know running to try and score some tries. If he is healthy, maybe um, the Panthers' missed tackles might mean, if not some meat, then a lot of offloads for him. Yeah, true. Um, I'm just concerned. Even if he gets cleared by the Sharkies medical, the mere fact that the bloke had to go and get an MRI to see if there's anything snapped in there uh, isn't the greatest. Uh, it still means he's going to turn up the training sore, so see how, he, see how he pulls up. But if he's playing, if he's not the type of guy you would pull out just in case, he's still going to play him. Um, but yeah, like you said, probably some more offloads this week. I'm really excited to see what um, Nakora and, um, and Zeri can do this week and hopefully... Uh, SJ pulls his finger out and does something because his try account is really low at the moment. Yeah, it is. He um, he needs to really ramp it up. So the Friday night game, we've got the Bulldogs versus the Rabbitohs. Um, 
Main changes for the Bulldogs, we've just got Danny Farlow coming onto the bench. Nothing big for Supercoach. For South, so we do have George Burgess starting with uh, Totola put back to the bench. So this one here, we have a couple of the begins uh, for this week's Market Watch. Number four on the most traded in list is Damian Cook, 7.1%. Um, we already spoke about it. He's only 25% owned, which is for him relatively low. Uh, and we already said he's a great trading target. Oakenball, um, there is actually over, you know, almost 2.5% of people that are trading him in this week, which is a reasonable amount. Um, he just went up over $100,000, but he still does have a minus 54 BE. So an interesting question there, Billy. If for whatever reason that you missed out on Oakenball, would you trade him in for this game? He's still got a minus 54 BE, but obviously you're going to be paying, you know, 270k for him. Yeah, absolutely. Still going to make another 200 grand on top of that. Um, the bloke's a machine. He, he does nothing and scores 50 points. So, yeah, I'd, I'd just get him in if he didn't for some reason already. And Cook's obviously the main VC or C option for this one. Um, I'm going to be VCing him, I think, as my new guy in the team. Um, <laughs> you get a show in your toy at home and you want to play with it, do you? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, um, I've always gone with the approach that I don't think Cook can score high enough to VC, but last week he kind of tested that tested the boundary a little bit. I still would have captained Martin last week if I had the VC on Cook. Tell you what, he's a he's a scary option not to not own this week or not or not see. Yeah, and look, the Bulldogs were the Bulldogs vs Dragons game last round. The Bulldogs were absolutely horrendous. It was actually a really bad game of a round of footy where there was. Like three three teams that were just terrible. You know, the the Bulldogs were terrible, Panthers were terrible, uh, Newcastle were terrible. Um, but the, the Dogs let the Dragons throw 40-something points on them and they just couldn't score any points themselves either. So Martin couldn't get much kicking done. I look at this Rabideau side and I just think that they might they might put on a big score against the Dogs this week. Yeah, I know. I am. Um... I just keep coming down to the fact that if if he doesn't get sort of fifty tackles, he probably needs two tries just to get around to the um, around eighty five ninety mark. Whereas, uh, I, sorry, I keep going back to Martin, but someone like Martin in, in a team flog last week, pretty much scored just below seventy, doing nothing with a kick and no goal. So, I prefer the safety option. But yeah, um, Cook um, Dog uh, for those that remember too. Um, um, Cook cut his teeth at the dogs as well, so um, he might have a point to prove as well. Just going back to his old ground, just rubbing, rubbing salt and old wounds. You know? Yeah, that's always a big a big thing for players, and especially for ones like Cook who couldn't get a go even though he was playing well. Um, another guy in this game that's kind of be good to watch is Cody Walker. Scored 154 points with four tries last week. Just phenomenal. Um, he's still only owned by 7% of teams. And I'm really worried that I don't own him. He's just gone up 71k, so he's now 666,000. Uh, my first question is, Billy, would you trade him in this week playing against the Dogs, even though you've got to pay that much money for him? And secondly, would you be ballsy enough to captain him because he's only 7% owned, so he's going to be a massive pod captain, and he's just the sort of player that could absolutely destroy the Bulldogs. <laughs> nah, see, mate, I told you he was a bum unless he scored tries. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't expecting four of them, <laughs> um, mate. The uh, he's a type of guy who needs his attacking stats to do anything. But um, I'll I t- I tell you what, I 
I really, really struggle with the idea of buying a half that doesn't kick goals because I like that uh, extra padding or that extra security just in, t- in case they, they don't go in for a try assist. They, they don't get them every week. They're, it doesn't matter how, how good the half is, they're not going to get one every week. And I'm definitely afraid of scoring a 20 or 25. But um, Walker just seems to have this knack where he, he can be on sort of seven and uh, come into full time, just finds a way to get over the line and, and, and get to those 50 points. Um, um, I haven't got the data in front of me because I just I just haven't got it up. But uh, I, I'd be I'd be bit uh I reckon if I went back and had a look, we probably have at least sort of ten tries last year. So, I to answer your question, I wouldn't be buying him now, not for that price, because I think he can probably come back, uh, come back to um reality just prior to um uh, round twelve. It's got a good draw, um, still a pod. If you can afford him, yeah, mate, go for it. Not for me, but. As a pod move, if you had the bank, I would not begrudge anyone. Like I'm getting cooked this week as a gun. I wouldn't begrudge anyone just going straight to Cody Walker if you need to make up some ground. He's um he's a stat for you with Cody Walker. He hasn't scored below 43 points all year, and his second lowest score is 64. And obviously his high is 150. So um, he's he's certainly been going really well. Um, and this is a type of game where I think the Rabbitohs could go. Uh, exceptionally well. I don't think the Bulldogs are going to have any type of bounce back. Um, not a great bounce back anyway. How do you see it going? Do you, do you see South putting on a score, or do you think the Dogs might might bounce back? Oh, I think the um, I think South will put on a score. Um, just having a look at Cody Water stats, but uh, mate, he's got a lot of consistency. There were but there were one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. There were eight eight games last year under under forty. So there's a there's a lot of green. Um, I reckon Souths continue with their run. They're just too good a team at the moment. But um, in on the dogs te- on the dog side, depends on which dogs team turns up, mate. They they were absolutely brilliant against Melbourne. But to come back and serve up that crap they did last week, just I don't know which one's going to turn up. Would, would, would there be anyone in that dogs team that you would actually back to do something apart from Reese Martin? The only other stat I saw was uh, uh, Holland was actually. Second, I think I think he was actually leading leading the league in offloads at the moment. Yeah, Holland is, and number four on the list is actually CHN. And can you believe that trading in CHN last week was the first game starting that he didn't get any offloads after averaging, you know, six offloads a game in his starting jersey. He played a whole eighty minutes last week and did not get one offload. So he was disappointing. He's the only other guy, really, that I'm interested in in this side that I'm hoping is going to get his offloads going again. The super coach God struck again, hey? I can I can kill it with the best of them. Any guy that I get in this year, I kill him. And um, I just killed CHN last week. So, Oh, you, what, oh, you got him? Yep, I got in CHN last week, so I just absolutely killed him. And you watch it this week. I've gotten in Damien Cook, I told you all. So he's going for 45 points this week, probably Cook, because it's the first game I'll be playing him in. And on that note, let's um, move on to the, the next game. Storm versus the Roosters. Um, this is a big clash at the top of the table. First versus second. Uh, Vunavali returns from suspension. Jared Aguirre Hargraves is back for the Roosters. Jake Friend is still out, and that has absolutely killed me this week, and that's why um, I end up needing to bypass Zeri to go a, a friend to cook now to get another gun in so I can solidify my points. But on the... Um, on the market, watch Billy. There's only one guy here which is registering on the top 10 traded out or in, and that's Victor Radley. He's 3.6%, not worth talking about. He was never a buy. He was never an own him. Um, 
but he's starting at hooker this week, but he does have a high BE, so, you know, obviously you should be selling him. But, mate, I'm excited for this one. I reckon the Roosters are going to um, put one on Melbourne. I think we're going to win. i got no idea. I reckon it'll be a good game, but... Yeah, it's obviously I wouldn't be um, seeing or VCing anyone in this one. Um, possibly too tight. Tedesco's going to be been going well. He scored uh, mid-70s last week, but surely you wouldn't put a, a C on him for this week. Oh, mate, if this was the end of the, end of the season and I had 20 guns, I wouldn't even play him this week. I'd just play turbo and some other half and all forwards. <laughs> That's a massive call. I'd still play him. But, um, yeah, it's... Uh, Having a look at it, Latrell Mitchell has been in form last week. He um, he finally cracked his first ton of the season, and he did so, you know, looking really, really good. He's probably the only other guy here that I'm watching a little bit. He's come down in price a fair bit. Um, he's now um, only about 520k. Jeez, he was good, and he might be looking at a bit of a run here. Yeah, he goes on these things. He, he um, does absolutely nothing, then, then turns up. Um, you just got to pick the run, but I'm still going to wait until the end of the season. But after he's got a uh, couple of origins under his uh, under his belt and pulls his finger out and maybe matures a little bit, I'm going to wait as well. Um, I'm not too excited about having any guys in this in this game, to be honest. So I think Cameron Munster's one that uh, you could be really disappointed in score wise this week. He's had a couple of really good scores the last couple of weeks. Um, went well again, yeah, against the Chooks. Um, I think that he scored a 17 against us last year, and in the grand final, um, there was a mock-up of super coach points, and I think he might have even ended up in the minus because he got sent off for that kick. So, he, um, I don't think he does too well against us. <laughs> I hope not, mate, because he's given me the shits. I said at the beginning of the season, I, I would never, ever buy Munster because I don't want to rely on him for two try assists per week, but the bastard keeps getting him. <laughs> they're, and they're not from... Um, they're not from passes either. Their majority kicks. I didn't even see him get one last week. I've got no idea how he got to 88, whatever it was. Yeah, he got to 78 last week. Um, but the last two weeks, he's played the Dogs and the Cowboys. The Roosters are obviously a pretty big um, difference in, in propositions. So, yeah, I, I, wouldn't be, I wouldn't be too pleased with any of these guys for Supercoach purposes. I'm glad that I only own Tedesco in this game and... And that's who I'll be playing. Um, I just had a look at Tedesco. Uh, Tedesco. Apparently, he scored 134 against Melbourne before, and he averages 65 against him. So, anyone that listens to me usually just ignore me. <laughs> play him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely play him anyway. I still wouldn't see him even with his 134 that he scored. Uh, Warriors versus Cows on Saturday is the first Saturday game. Mount Smart Stadium. Um, Blake Green's been named. He pulled out in the pregame last week for the Warriors. Um, Scott Bolton's back, but he's just on the bench. And Justin O'Neill replaces Nene McDonald, who had that really, really unfortunate um, leg break. And he's going to be out for quite some time. None of that's super coach relevant, though. Um, probably the main things that are super coach relevant for this one is we've got the number one traded out player and the number one traded in player in the same team, which is highly unusual. Can't remember it ever happening any other time. Kieran is the number one trade-out player at 18.5%. CHT, the number one trader in at 25%. Makes total sense. Still possibly the first time in history that's happened in the same team. Um, but the other guy from the Warriors that's also on the top 10 most traded in, Roger Tuovazashek, is at 2.5%. He's only got a 37 BE. Um, he's currently 21% owned. And he is now going to cost you 613 k So he has gone up a bit. 
Billy, we've had a little um, back and forth going on since the preseason where I've been a big fan of Roger and I'm naming him as one of my massive mistakes and not just going with my gut and getting him in. You haven't been as much of a fan. Are you starting to come around a little bit? He's uh, definitely sold me. He's, um, his work rate's up there. He kind of reminds me of what he was doing a couple of years ago. Um, I wouldn't buy him right now, only because he doesn't pay 12 and because there's, be- there's better options like Ponga at the moment for a, for a lot cheaper. But um, given who he's playing this week, uh, is, is it is it still this? De- he's still a decent enough. Five six hundred eleven k, whatever it, whatever it is. That's that's not a lot of coin. You you'd pay sort of you know an extra sort of um, eighty eight to one hundred twenty sort of grand for one of those sort of um, regulations seventy two to seventy five average uh, starters at, at the beginning of the season, and he's throwing those sorts of numbers up. So. Mate, if you want him, just grab him. But um, I, I, if, if you're going to grab him, it's, it's only because you think, you, think, you think he's going to score points. So chuck the VC on him if you do. Yeah, it's a really good week for to get Roger in. Um, and I'll actually use this as a bit of a comparison point. I would rather get Roger Tuovasashek in playing the Cowboys at um, you know 55k less than Cody Walker. That's a pretty good comparison. And those are two... Um, you know, well, Cody Walker's a pod. Roger's no longer a pod, but those are two guys that can catch you up really quick. I would go with Roger yeah. out of the two right now because I think that he's better priced, and he's also got. I, I, I really can't believe the run that he's gone on. He scored eighty nine points against South on the weekend. He's, you know, he scored three games between eighty three and ninety five, and the two that weren't are sixty one and sixty nine points. He has been absolutely killing it, and his draw coming up. Cowboys this week, I would be VCing him if I could. I think he'll carve it up. Um, harder game against Melbourne, but then he's got the Knights, Dragons, Panthers and Broncos, all of which are sort of medium games that aren't too bad and there can be some good scores in there for him. Yeah, mate, averaging 79 at the moment. He's right back to where he was in 2015. So um, those are three lean years that he's had, mate. The uh, old, old boy's back. Um, just looking at those numbers quickly... Uh, He's had a couple of tries in there, but uh, mate, for a fullback, you, you, you got to expect those. You got to expect those clutch, t- clutch stats if they're going to do those numbers. So, um, he's yeah, he's, got, his base yeah. has actually been down um, on what it was in his Roosters years, but his attacks ramped up. Um, and like I was saying in the preseason, he has actually gotten a lot better as a ball player, um, and his running has been a lot better as well. So he's been hitting a lot of LBs. I think that he actually leads the league in line breaks, or he's pretty close to it, and he's got some decent yeah. assists as well. The only thing is, Ben, and no disrespect to these shitty teams, but <laughs> dogs, tigers, manly, titans, and then Souths. Now, now he's got another one versus the Cowboys. So if you own him, great. But as a as a non RTS owner and someone who someone who's really excited to get him at some point, I would probably hold off until round fourteen. Um, he's got round the round four by. Then there's, then they've got a storm. Round fourteen, they hit um, uh, Titans, Penrith, t- Titans, Penrith, Knights, and then um, go, they go in. They go in. Oh, sorry, Knights is in that sort of buy round. Then they're going to then they come into an to an exit strategy. So I'd, I'd probably get him getting round fourteen for that um, Gold Coast game, mate. Yeah, so RTS is an interesting one as far as when you trade him in. Um, you kind of have to remember that there's Teddy Turbo and RTS as your fullbacks, and plan on when you're going to get. Turbo in, or if you're going to get him at all. So if I was getting in RTS right now, I'd be holding him through the first buy 
because he plays that round 16 by, and I'd want him for that one. If that's the case, you're not going to have turbo until round 17. Um, so if that works out fine for you, then that probably works, but I'd be holding him through that first buy if I bought him now. Um, I reckon Turbo's going to be out a fair while. Yeah, he will be. Um, so it might actually work out quite well, the timing-wise, um, between the both of them. I don't mind him as a buy now. Um, having said that, this particular game, I'm really not too excited about anyone else in it. Um, I think the Warriors at Mount Smart Stadium uh, are going to potentially put on some good points against the Cowboys. It's going to be good for the CHT owners because he could go up a monster amount next week. But aside from that, Lachlan Burr keeps making money at Jersey 13 and, and your mate, uh, Papa Lee, is pretty much dead and buried. Yeah, I bit the bullet and sold him this week. Not because I want to. So is there any, anything else exciting in this one for Supercoach purposes, Billy, or we just got a, a Warriors smashing of the Cowboys over at Mount Smart and we'll move on? I would just say, look, if you've got um, uh, Warriors half just playing this week, I reckon that the points on offer there is probably one of those guys that you want to play. Yeah, CHT trading in this week is um, a, a bit of a perfect scenario because you should be probably playing them against the Cows over there as a goal kicker. Uh, Dragons versus Eagles at Wynn Stadium is the next one. Both teams are actually unchanged after last weekend. And realistically... Um, there's not a lot of Dragons movement aside from Host being the second most traded out guy at 6.2%. He's made 89k, makes complete sense with a 45 BE. Um, but both these sides put on a lot of points last week, Billy. So this one might uh, be a pretty good one for super coaches. Yeah, Dragons looked a lot better last week. Um, I'll back them to sort of go again and give it another decent go. They're they're two and three with the last three in, in with the last three on the trot, mate. So um I um I'm not sure if Rob Lower can go over again, but hopefully there's more point to be made on that side. What do you reckon? Yeah, I think there is. Uh, I think the Dragons will will win against Manly. Uh, I was surprised at how well Manly played last week. Um but that might have been more because Newcastle were horrendous and so actually watching the game at the pub with a, a couple of the guys, you know, I was, we are all saying the same thing. Um, I think Manly were up 18-6 at the half or something, and we are all saying if they were playing another side, you know, another side like the Roosters would have put on 36 points that half against the Knights. They were that bad. So I think it was more that the Knights were bad than Manly were phenomenal. And tonight that it's been said that um, Fanil Blake um, was unsuccessful, the judiciary, and he's going to be out for two weeks, so they're going to be missing him as well. So, yeah, I, I like Ravalawa to maybe go for another try this week. That's good because I like coin. <laughs> um, aside from that, last week, Ben Hunt had a massive game, obviously very low-owned, um, but he scored 134 points, so he deserves a shout-out for that one. Another guy that ended up scoring really well, um, since Gareth Widdop's gone down, Corey Norman um, has actually gone pretty well, so I need to probably give a shout-out to one of our mutual friends, Daryl, because I hassled him a little bit as a Dragon supporter that he had Corey Norman in his side. But um, Corey Norman threw up 89 points last week, uh, and that's a really good pod score to get. Um, uh, sorry, 93 points. Um, and he's actually been going quietly fairly well with 93, 52, 72, 61, and 48 for the year. So uh, Corey Norman, as far as the big balls pod goes, Daryl's got the big balls. He's got him in. And um, he's actually been playing really well. Yeah, it's uh, sadistic, isn't it? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate, that's what these pods are for. Um, 
Like we, we, we did this a couple of years ago with Gutterson. Um, there, there's going to be players that step up from time to time. If you, if you, if you do your research and you've got a gut feeling about a player, it doesn't all just come down to stats. Sometimes you just got to go with your gut. And this is one of Dale's calls. So yeah, he's got Manly this week as well. Then he's got um, Roosters, but then he's got um, Parramatta and Warriors. So still a decent draw ahead of him as, ahead of him as well. Yeah, as a big balls part, I actually really like Corey Norman at the moment. Looking at, into him a bit more and watching his performance on the weekend, he's um since Widdop's gone down, um, especially he looks like he's got some good opportunity and there's a decent draw. I think he's gonna. My big call for this one is I, I reckon Norman's gonna go eighty plus, um, and I wouldn't be surprised if Ben Hunt carries it on as well. Um, and I don't think the Eagles are gonna get close to the Dragons. So Titans versus Knights is the next one. This one's at Seabar Super Stadium. Um, Shannon Boyd's back from his hamstring complaint. But Jared Wallace is out, so I'd say that probably weakens the Titans, if anything. Uh, Phillip Sammy's on the bench for AJ Brimson, so it's pretty good for the forward rotation. Um, Herman SASA comes onto the bench for Guerra, who had a really bad ankle injury. Probably the only thing I'm looking at this week, Billy, um, I would have normally thought that the Knights would do well against the Titans, especially their edges. I would have been pretty excited for Ponga and Fitzgibbon. But geez, the, the Knights were absolutely abysmal last week, and I just don't know if they can bounce back from a performance that bad. <laughs> yeah, when you put it that way, I'm kind of scared of buying Ponga now. I'm scared, but not <laughs> the one shining light. Um, mate, the only thing I'm taking away from this game is, um, like, like you said, with uh, Wallace out, hopefully that makes a, a different for a difference for uh, Arrows minutes, maybe. Yeah, I mean, they normally got Brimson on the bench anyway, but I guess probably Philip Semmies less useful than what Brimson is. So, yeah, maybe that does mean that Arrow's minutes are going to be a bit safer. Yeah, got to be a lot safer than 48, that's for sure. Um, as far as the market watch goes, there was a few movers and shakers in the top 10 for this game. Um, Arrow, we mentioned, is the ninth most traded out player. Um, Ponger actually comes in at six for the Knights as far as trade-ins. 3.7% of coaches have got him in. He does have an 18 BE. He's only 548k. And in a beaten side last week that was terrible, he still scored 81 points. Um, I managed to put the C on him for 81, so I was pretty elated considering the score. So he, he actually looks like a great trade-in, Billy. Um, and you know, last week's performance, I don't think the Knights could go any worse, and Ponga still scored 81. So I wouldn't be too worried. And I, I'd actually consider um, throwing the C on him again this week against the Titans. I might just leave it on him. Oh, yeah. Mate. He, he's... Um... Uh, like a rattle off before, um, three and five game rolling average of 75 consistently last year. You're not going to be too far away from that if you stuck to see on him. So if you like to see to get you sort of 65 to 85, that's what you're going to get from him. I'm excited as a Fitzgibbon owner. Um, the Titans edge is pretty bad. Uh, I think that he's going to score a try this week. I'm going to put some money on it even. I'll put my money where my mouth is. Sports bet. I'll be throwing some cash on. Lachlan Fitzgibbon to score um, on the Titans side of things. Um, probably a couple of things to mention. Bryce Cartwright um, scored 54 last week. Um, he's still doing um, quite well for the cash rises. Uh, a few people have asked, would you trade him out now? Um, it's a no for me as an owner. He's still got a 25 break even, which is easily achievable. Scored 54 last week, obviously with a try though. Um, I think he's a pretty solid hold at the moment, especially playing round 12. Yeah, yeah, I have to agree with that, mate. I'd, I'd be doing the same. Um, in, aside from that, Arrow is the other, the other guy that we mentioned. Hopefully you've kept him for this one because I reckon that he's going to have a good game with that rotation. But 
it's not a real exciting one, Billy. I, I'm picking the Knights to bounce back. I think they'll win by 10 plus. What about you? I reckon, not too sure, but um, I reckon Titans probably have a bit more to say here on this one. Um, all I'm pretty confident on is that I think Arrow's going to have a significant bounce back this week. As long as he's not injured, mate, I think this is the way he bounces back. Yeah, I think that he bounces back in a big way this week, um, for sure. Uh, the last guy I'll mention before we move on is um, Ryan James um, has been a popular guy in the past. He's also been a popular buy trading target. He is only 469k. Um, he's lost 117k off his starting price at the moment and has a BE of 65. So I am watching because if I see any signs of life or maybe even after this week, even though his scores have been pretty bad, looking towards round 12, um, he might be a guy from the Titans that maybe um, in a few weeks I might consider trading in if he's not playing Origin. I oh, do. He did this exact same thing last year. I was so bloody frustrated. He, um, he had a BE around 50 or 60 or 70, and it was one of those, you know what, it's round 10, I can probably wait another week and I'll get him next week. Then all of a sudden he went on that tear and scored um, two tries and another try and scored uh, pretty much 250 points in the, in the space of two weeks before round 12. So it was too late to jump on. So um, maybe maybe this is maybe this is one of those weeks. Um, I think it's probably a little bit. Early. I think it's probably a little bit early to pull the trigger, but um, I'm a sort of big gunshot last year. Hey, yeah, I I remember that game because I didn't pull the trigger either, and I didn't end up getting him. And then he scored really well for about three weeks across those buy rounds. Um, look, I'm not going to get him this week, but I'm I'm going to just be watching for the next few weeks. Um, he hits quite a nice draw in a couple of weeks. So he got Newcastle and the Tigers the next couple of weeks, but then he's got. Uh, from round eight through to the bye, the Cowboys, the Sharks, which is a bit harder, uh, the Bulldogs, Manly, and the Cowboys again. So he's got two of those games in Queensland, um, and he's also got um, all of those sides, barring the Sharks, aren't in the top eight across that five-game stretch. I'll tell you what, it's one hell of a draw, isn't it? Um, just, just depends on the position, isn't it? Like forwards versus backs, but... It doesn't really matter a draw like that if you're going to grab them, like you're just going to grab them, aren't you? Yeah, so I'll, I'll be watching for the next couple of weeks. He's got a 65 BE, he's still probably going to get a little bit cheaper. Hopefully, you can probably get him for 450k or under, um, which isn't a bad buy round purchase to maybe go on earlier if you think that he's going to hit a run or, or a few weeks beforehand. So, on that note, uh, let's move on to the next game, Billy. Um, Raiders Broncos is our next one. Uh, so with this one, we've got Joseph Tappany out for 10 to 12 weeks. And I said earlier that I can kill someone, and Tappany's another example. Killed him killed him dead. Uh, for the killing all the edges. Sorry? You're killing all the edges, brother. Oh, yeah, I, I love the edge forwards. I said before the year that I was going all edges and um, been smashing them. For the Broncos, Lodge is out with a throat injury, um, replaced by Haas. So as Billy said earlier, um, Haas is actually starting a prop. Uh, Lodge has still been getting, you know, sort of 55, 60 minutes. So he's been the alpha prop. And um, Joe O's fallen out a little bit minutes-wise as well. So Huss still has a good opportunity um, to get 55, 60 minutes. Fafita's starting at lock again. James Roberts is on the reserves list. If anyone's held him for whatever reason, um, apparently he's a really good chance of of starting in this one. Um, but, mate, you saw the, the Raiders up close probably when they did your boys 9-0 on the weekend. What do you get that, Willis? <laughs> I'm getting that. 
that the Raiders did well against the Eels last week, and uh, I reckon at home at GIA Stadium they could do pretty well against the Broncos side as well. Ah, different team, mate. Ah, um, yeah, I, I reckon you're right. Um, I was having a look at this um, earlier. I was having a joke with my boss earlier today. He's a massive, um, massive Broncos fan. I was just rubbing it in, saying, "Mate, I've made an absolute fortune over the last five weeks, backing every single edge back row against the ponies for any time try score at five bucks." So. Um, so if you want to make some money, bet against your boys. I reckon uh, Bateman, <laughs> ba- ba- Bateman's a sneaky C option this week. Yeah, I think Bateman will go well this week as well. The um, Some of the Broncos forward tackle attempts are terrible. That missed tackle on Michael Cheekham last week to let him score a try with five guys around him and, and Darius Boyd basically taking a dive to miss him is, um, is down as one of the worst defensive lapses I've seen with the game on the line. So... <laughs> I, I reckon there yeah. could be a few Raiders that, that go really well this week, and Bateman's a good call by you. Um, yeah, uh, just on the numbers there, uh, I had a quick look. Um, edge back rowers that have scored against the Broncos this year has been five already. Um, four four edges score five tries versus the Broncos, and pretty much four out of five rounds so far. So if you're a betting man or you just want a... a, a um, uh, super coach leg up. Let's uh, pray for Bateman to go over and with a sort of 55 base pass and try. Let's hope for a 90 for Bateman. <laughs> well, another guy that's stepping up a little bit, and I use the term loosely, um, Hodgson ended up with 56 points on the weekend, so there was some signs of life. I can't believe that he was 77 points and he got downgraded by over 20 points, though. Um, he looked like he was in for a big score, it looked like he had a big score. And then the Monday downgrade, 77 to 56, it's just shocking. Um, but he looks like that he might be able to get some more attack again this one. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're reveling in the Hodgson, um, the Hodgson fail this year because you've got Cook in your side. But I've now got Cook and Hodgson, so um, I'm looking forward to both of them turning up this week. So I'm going to be praying for that. But in all seriousness, yeah. the Broncos forwards... The Broncos' forward defence has been pretty bad. Um, so any of that yeah. forward pack could actually go pretty well. I think he goes, he's more of an attacking player rather than like the Tate that does sort of 40 tackles and sort of gets a little bit to get to 60. Um, I think you're right. I reckon he goes a lot better this week. Um, wouldn't buy him. Um, still don't want him to buy cover. I think I'm happy with my two, with my two hookers, but... Um, yeah, if you're an owner, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be uh, using him as a platform to shit. I'd definitely play him this week. Yep. Um, so one other guy to quickly touch on for this one. Anthony Milford we haven't spoken about all year because he's been absolute dirt. Um, I can't believe actually how bad Anthony Milford has been. Can you believe that he's 418000 now and he's still got a break-even of 91? He could be 350 k in a couple of weeks, which is unbelievable. He's got a five-round average of 39 and a three-round average of 32. And his high score is 51 um, in five games now. In the last two weeks, he's got 22 and 29. He's playing his old team, the Canberra Raiders. And he put, I think it was either last year or the year before, he put 150-something points on them. And he steps up every time he plays the Raiders. Could this be the week that Milf actually breaks out of the slump? Mate, the only thing he's going to put away is a KFC happy box. <laughs> no faith at all playing the X team good scores against him in the past he's not playing fullback I don't rate him at 5'8 I'll tell you what if anyone's got him you know this is, if it's ever going to happen for you it's going to be this week but 
Um, yeah, not not a bad game for Supercoach purposes, but I tend to think the Raiders um, have got probably more potential in this one than any of the yeah. Broncos at the moment. Ah, look, I think I've, if there's any week you've got potential to do better, um, it's this week or, or a Warriors or a Dogs or one of those games, but he's done nothing so far. I don't see any reason why he would bounce back. Um, all I'm going to do is say, Marty, Stu, any of the idiots still have him. I told you so. <laughs> Um, the last game of the round on Easter Monday is going to be the Eels versus the Tigers at the Bankwest Stadium. So, yeah, for the team news, we've got Kofusi and Stone coming onto the bench for Kane Evans and David Gower. Tigers are unchanged. Um, so, interesting one here, Billy. Fergo got smashed on the weekend. Really badly broken nose. As a guy that's broken his nose more than a dozen times, I, um, I know how he feels. Mine looks similar to what he does. Um, but he also got smashed in the ribs. So I'm, I'm pretty surprised. I thought if he didn't have a broken rib, he was going to have rib cartilage damage. It wouldn't surprise me if, if um, Fergo pulls out of this game. You've had a broken nose? Yeah, mate, I played footy for a long time, so I've broken my nose plenty. I don't think you can play footy without breaking your nose eventually if you play long enough. But um, I think I, I stopped counting at about 10 broken noses. But um, I don't think, even think after the number six break that it was bleeding anymore each time I broke it. That's how many times I've done it, but it's more his ribs. Um, I'm not sure if he's going to play. It's pretty annoying that it's the last game of the round as well. So definitely be checking late mail as far as um, if you own him. It was a horrid break. It looks like it's going any which way but loose. I wouldn't wouldn't back him, mate. Aside from that, um, this isn't a decent matchup for for the Eels, potentially. Um, You mentioned that you still own Sean Lane. He showed some signs of life yeah. last week. He almost got to 60 points. And like you said, he had a really good first half on 38 points in the first half. Bit of edge yeah, attack against back. the uh, Tigers? I would say no. Um, I, I, I can't see it. T- Tigers are a defensive team, mate. They, they just turn up when, when they turn up, especially the first um, six to eight games for the season. They generally keep people sort of uh, pretty low. Um, I think the only things that um, Lane probably has going for him is Look, if if um, if Fergo is out on the right hand side, hopefully they go a little bit uh, left and he gets gets a bit more action. Um, like I said earlier in the pod, he seemed to pull his finger out a little bit um, more more last week. He was on uh, just thirty eight before half time, but it's a game of two halves. He needs to step up the whole half. And last week when he was getting those points, he seemed to be doing a lot more tackling in the middle. So I'm not sure if he actually rotated with anyone or whether he. Whether he was just you know, out of position a little bit, just made made a few extra tackles there. But um, yeah, it, it, for me, he needs to start running a bit more. If you're if you're a lane owner, I wouldn't expect too much more unless he gets one away and tucks chucks someone over in a corner. And I'm just hoping that he gets that opportunity this week because I'm running out of patience. Yeah, um, I reckon that he might hit some attack against the Tigers. I know they're a defensive unit, but I'm I'm going to be hopeful. Um, the other guy from the Eels as well is Clint Gutherson. As far as Supercoach relevance, he was one of the most traded in players last week and his ownership shot up into the 20s. We said before before he played last week, you were pretty adamant as well that you don't want to pay that for him. Um, we made the comment that he's probably very close to hitting a 40-something point score. It's just as likely this week against Canberra. He ended up only scoring 50 points, which was the lowest of the season. And he's also in some... Um, Pretty unhappy contract negotiations at the moment with the Eels as well. So um, I certainly wouldn't be buying him this week if you own him. Um, you know, you're obviously going to be hoping that he does well, but 
wouldn't surprise me if he has another 50 or even a 40 score this week because that's normally yeah. what he does. I don't think the contract negotiations would make his um, make him perform any less. I, I know I know what you're saying. He'll be thinking about it a fair bit, but he's obviously going to be wanting to step up to make him uh, seem like he's worth 800 grand or whatever whatever astronomical figure he's asking. He's a <laughs> bloody he's a bloody good player. 800 grand, mate. I can think of better ways to spend that. Well, in saying that, you know, uh, I agree, but they apparently offered him a contract paying him 450 thousand next year. And while eight hundred grand might be well well past his market value, four hundred and fifty is pretty insulting. I thought. Yeah, I would have thought six six fifty at max. Yeah, I heard they offered five hundred, but yeah, for a guy that's been there for a while and then busting his ass, um, they're probably just concerned about you know the the, the injury risk. But all they got to do is just chuck something in, in his contract. Put it this way, they they um are paying Fergo more than what their contract offer was to Gutherson and Fergo's a winger that came from another club. Yeah, all right. I can see why he's got shit then. <laughs> um, for the Tigers side, it's not really too exciting. Um, Robbie Farrow owners uh, might do all right um, against the Eels, um, especially some of the lazy defence that can happen there. Um, but is there any other um, edges that you can see here, Billy, as far as maybe a late captaincy or anyone that you reckon might score well? Only thing I can think of here is, mate, um, that we haven't mentioned, is this is the first game at the new stadium, uh, foe versus foe. Um, maybe someone wants to step up. It's going to be a massive crowd. Maybe the, maybe the home crowd gets the uh, eels over the line, but Tigers always turn up um, at this venue too. Um, I reckon it's a high-scoring affair. Farron might be a sneaky option for a captain if you need one, but there's too many other good options around to probably sort of go him. The only other one I can think of is Masters. Do you, I know someone who captained him a couple of weeks ago, but would you have the balls to do that this week, Mark? No, not at all, mate. Um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't do it. Mate, I reckon Eels' first game at home in a long, long time, regardless of how bad or good they are from time to time. I reckon they just all turn up or fight up. Yeah, it's um, it's, I think it's going to be a good game at Bankwest Stadium. I think they'll put on a bit of a show. Or it's going to be like twenty-eight twenty or something like that. I think it'll be pretty good. And on that, that on that note, Billy, um, that's all the games. So thanks for jumping on again, mate. Good luck this week. Thanks, mate. I bloody need it. Pick a pod for me. <laughs> uh, all right, guys. Thanks for listening. Um, you can download us as always on SoundCloud or iTunes. Uh, also, follow us on NRL underscore SC underscore All Stars on Twitter. Uh, do share us around. It does help. does get us some more listeners and stuff. makes it easier for us to keep going. Good luck this week. Have a great Easter. Hopefully, everyone's got a long weekend to celebrate not working too much. And we'll catch you next Wednesday as normal.